You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweet to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's necessary and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. Say what up, brethren? What what guad? What guad? Oh God, I'm here, bro. What's going on, man? I don't even know if I said that right. Did I say <laughs> no, that right? You, no, you didn't, and it's okay. Come on, I was close. I said what guad, right? You got the guan part. That I I didn't I didn't say the other part right. Wah guan. Wah guan. <laughs> That's way closer than you were before. <laughs> That's all right. I'll take that. How you been, yeah. homie? Cooling, man. How about yourself? Tired, stressed. We finally got moved. We still not unpacked, but even whatever we unpack, we're going to have to pack back up once the house is ready. Good. But, you good. know, it's all for it's all for a good cause, a good reason. So I noticed the Mamba mentality in the background last week, the last time we recorded. And uh, I noticed that you put it back up. Yeah. Talk about the yeah. mentality. I mean, did you, did you read the book or look at the pictures? Did you read the pictures and look at the words? Uh, I flipped through the pictures first. Okay. And I, <laughs> I let I let them tell the story, <laughs> and then I went back and I yeah, looked at okay. the words. It's actually a picture book, and when you open it, like an image of Kobe comes up, like a yeah, hologram. Yeah, I know. I have one. We have it. I have it at the school, but that's like the running joke at the school. When I, you know, when I talk to the kids about reading, I'm like, did you? read the pictures and look at the words as opposed to look at the pictures and read. The yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so that's why I asked. Nah, man. I mean, you got the book, the same reason I got the book, right? That Mamba mentality. A lot of people talk about, you know, Kobe's work ethic and his drive and his commitment and like around me, that's what you, that's what you see. Like the magazines, you can't, you might not be able to see the images, but Muhammad Ali, right? Mm. President Obama, the Obama's on another one, right? So Mm-mm. for me, I like to surround myself with greatness and and people who committed to their craft as that reminder of what I need to do if I'm going if I'm going to be successful. So yeah, Mamba mentality for sure. Gotcha. That's just one of them. That's one of gotcha. them. I mean, gotcha. you asked me. So what's around you? What what's around you that inspires you? Well, it's funny you say that. I don't necessarily know that I've ever committed to, like, I have to have... Actually, I take that back. Just recently, I I just became enamored with my office, and I'm like, I have to fix this up to make it fit what I want it to look like. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I talked about is, you know, hanging up stuff. So um, the only thing that I do have, per se, that motivates me is this, this little sign that I have up. You know, what are you Mm -hmm. afraid of? Priority slash clutter. But I'm getting there where I'm going to start dressing up this room and and, and making it more of a space. That's that's like a safe haven, if not, if you want to call it that. (laughs) My man is elevated. Listen, folks, when I tell you this man didn't care before and now he do. (laughs) (laughs) When he starts caring, when he starts caring, he he can get down to the little details. He he says that I'm the planner. I'm the responsible one. Yeah. Wait till you see what he ends up doing with this room. Yeah, you got to keep us close. Say right now, I got folded clothes, kids' toys, pieces of vinyl everywhere. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna. It may not more be more neat because I just there's always a lot of stuff around, but it's gonna have more structure here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. I, I that closet about it. Listen, bothering me. It, don't worry. We can take care of that. We could probably edit that out. If you just say the word, I probably got some way to yeah, make that disappear. It is what it is. Bet. It is I figured you would be like that. <laughs> so yeah. let's do this. I want you to take us down 
what blew your mind lane because this topic that i got today this thing right here is a good one so all right i'm gonna ask you so what blew your two mind? things that that um i think two p's of things that you have to block out if you just kind of want to be in your own lane and, and 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 succeed at a high level two p's and today is the story it just went it happened back to back so today I was in Walmart and then I went to Walmart, picked up some stuff. So when I got to the automatic teller, I had to make three separate transactions because one was for the business. One was for the family and the house. And one was just me personally being greedy. So as I'm going through the first and I'm like, dang, man, people gonna be looking at me like, what's taking this guy so long? And then I thought, why do I care what people, which is the first P, Think because I'm I'm doing different stuff, so I have to do different stuff. Like you won't understand that because you don't own a business, you don't manage your account, you did you, you you know what I'm saying? So you may not understand why I'm having to do this, but I understand. So what what, did, what does your opinion matter? First P. Second P, as I'm moving out the store, I got my son with me and he's holding my hand, and this 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 black woman is coming out the store with her son, and she's telling the son, hold on to the cart, or you ain't gonna get this candy. So the kid let go of the card and she's like, why you don't know how to behave? Look at this little boy over here. See how he's just walking, palm doing what he's supposed to do? <laughs> and I just kind of snickered and I kept walking. And I said, I turned to the woman and I said, hey man, don't let this boy fool you. So as this woman's talking to me, Christian is like trying to pull his hand away, but he's prying my fingers one by one. But again, perception of what people see. They're just looking mm. from the outside. And they don't really see the the hell that we're dealing with Monday through Friday or the, the things that I'm doing. And it's just the same thing. We live in this social media world where, like, most of us guys put up two things. The really good things or the things we want sympathy and empathy for. Oh, it's going to be okay. We don't we don't put the, the, the icky, icky stuff that we possibly could look bad at. So, like, the two Ps, man, if you can get over... Your your perception and people, life life is gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. She couldn't even see that he was one by one prying. Yeah, he fingers. was literally prying my hand away from his. <laughs> he was walking quietly though. He wasn't doing nothing crazy. He was just walking. He was but, just doing doing it quietly. Yeah, yeah. But I think I, I said it loud this week. It's like watering your grass. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, the grass doesn't always look greener on the other side. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's funny. You talk about <clears throat> people not necessarily understand what you got going on. As we as we moved into the rental, we had the Internet guy come to the house because uh, mm-hmm. we had to get that set up here. And he walks in this early in the morning. We've unpacked business stuff. We've unpacked office stuff. Right. Because we got to get going because the business has got to keep going. We got orders while we're in the middle of, of moving. <laughs> we were on the moving truck. And the phone went off. Ding, you got an order, right? So we're literally making money while we're still trying to move our lives from one place to the next. And the guy walks in and he's in here while I'm setting up. And he go, man, y'all got a lot of stuff. With, do y'all have a business or something? I go, yeah, we actually got a couple businesses that we run out of the home. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, talking with the dude, he was like, you know, I always wanted to do that. And so it's 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, why don't you? What's stopping you? Well, mm-hmm. I want to do the LLC and I just don't know how. You ever heard of that like legal Zoom? I say, dude, you don't have to pay them to do this. You can do it yourself. Let me tell you how. And like mm-hmm. 7.30 in the morning, me and my wife is talking to this dude about go set up your own business. Like that dream that you got, go do it, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the thing that's been stopping me is I've been scared. I've been afraid that I'm going to fail, right? This is what he's telling me. I don't know this man from the next dude on the corner, but that's a very real thing. So when you talk about perception and people, like I wonder in that man's life, what people have shared their negative perspective with him that made him feel like he couldn't pursue his dreams. I, I think the problem is we haven't normalized failure. You know, if I was in the room, 
I would have said to him, yeah, man, go ahead. You're probably going to fail. So what? Start the business anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. failure, and, and I think we said this somewhere along the line, failure is a part of success, guys. It is, it is like you, you can't ex- expect to be successful if you've never failed. Like nobody, nothing just first time, boom, very rarely. I, can, I can't say nobody. That's too much of a generalization. But like very rarely is somebody going to get an idea and execute perfectly. You know, um, and I think it's just we gotta we gotta get to a place where we normalize success and we and we let people I mean excuse me, we normalize failure and we let people understand that no, listen, it, it it's it's okay to fail. The, the 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 problem is when you don't learn from your failures and fix it. Right, right. All right, let's do this. Let's use that to lean into this topic, right? So I'm watching the I am athlete podcast. Have you checked that out yet? I no. am athlete. No, I haven't. Ooh dope podcast i think because one it's black athletes black men having conversations with a number of different people whether they be from a sports background or not about some real issues that people face and i love how authentic it is right and the stuff that they talk about is not some uh i'm a millionaire and we bought all these cars and here's the issues that you know rich people face it's literally everyday issues a lot like what we talk about on here so mm-hmm. chris johnson cj2k they had him on uh the past episode i checked out right shout out to uh chris we went to school together he was my running back for a year or two but they're talking about him and his image and when he came into the league he got dreads he got gold teeth and they touched on the people who in the world in the professional world who said to them Hey, listen, if you want to make it here, you're going to have to get take them gold teeth out. You're going to have to cut your hair. You're going to have to wear a suit, tie. You know, you're going to have to look the part. And so they had that conversation, which then is why I brought it to you. What do you have to look like to make it? So I'm curious. Let's go back. When you think about starting out, whether it be starting out of your career now, you think way back when we were, we were just, you know, young Thundercats. What were you? What were you told or what did you think you needed to look like in order to quote unquote make it? Um, I think the word, the buzzword was like professional. And I think we are the last of that generation that feel like you got to be buttoned up and, and really have that quote unquote professional um, look like, for instance, like in college, um, our percussion instructor, you know, I was, I was a musician on scholarship. So, you know, we couldn't come into a building with our hat on, or we couldn't, we couldn't, um, we couldn't wear flip-flops. We couldn't wear do-rags. If Mr. Ori saw you wearing a do-rag, he'd punch you in the chest. Like, I was like, hey, baby, that's, that's bedroom clothes. You don't wear that outside of that. So I, I think the word I want to use is professional was Mm. always how it was put to us you have to dress quote-unquote professional but i do also believe that we are the last of that generation like we're on the back end of that generation where that's a thing because like i can imagine now bro i i ain't had a haircut since (sighs) it's been that long Wow. wow but back in the day that would be like Nah, fam, you gotta, that, that's not professional. You gotta, you know, like even when I went to, um, even when I first started teaching, I'd wear a nice pair of slacks. I'd, I'd some days I put on a tie. I couldn't tell you the last time. A matter of fact, I take that back. We wore a tie for the area championship game and we wore a tie for the region championship game. But like on a day-to-day going to work, bro, y'all lucky if I even put on slacks anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you saying pants in general? We lucky that you put on pants or no, slacks I'm, in particular? Slacks, like like dress pants, like okay, you know, okay, like, okay. I, I don't move to like khakis, like on 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 a day to day basis. I'm gonna wear some khakis, them general professional old you know white male khaki pants. That that's how we we associated with them. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. Like, um, I'm gonna wear them, but you lucky if I get into them. Like, yo, I might just have on some sweatpants tomorrow, fam. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, you know, it's crazy. You're right. I, I do think that our generation was probably on the latter end of the, you got to be buttoned up. You got to look professional. But yeah. for me growing up, I always, I always struggled with, with this, I guess, aspect of living because on one end, I'm an athlete and we get to wear sweats and warmups and whatever, you know, the athletic gear was, and that was acceptable. But I also had this high academic side to me where I wanted to be a lawyer and I'm going into classes where, you know, we're studying government, we're, we're doing debates. And so I got to dress it up even as a kid, like we're ninth grade and I got to yeah. show up to school in a, in a whole suit because yeah. I got a mock, a mock trial I got to do. Right. And that was on a regular basis. So I was always diving into those two worlds at the same time and trying to quote unquote fit in but then here was a piece that i think at one point you were aware i'm from florida i wanted dreads and gold teeth yes sir i mean that's 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 the thing you from florida like that's that's what you do that's what you do yeah you know it was it was a part of the culture where i'm from and, and on the on the show i am athlete that's what they talked about like chris Chris Johnson and, and Ocho Cinco and uh, Brandon Marshall, they talked about that, you know, growing up in Florida, dreads and gold teeth was mm -hmm. the norm. There was kids in middle school with dreads and gold teeth. And now you see it, every athlete, every person, they, mm -hmm. they, they wear what they feel. They wear what they want to. But the question is, you want success and you want to fit in. So who determines what the look is supposed to look like? Well, there's, there's, there's two aspects to that. Or there's a couple aspects. And, and I think we're going to eventually get to the obvious one. But I think there's something to be said for who gets to dictate that. And I think that strictly comes from the profession. Like, this is your job. This is what you wear. Like, for instance... You play football, right? Or when you play mm -hmm. football, your jersey was long. Now, sometimes it was stylistically, it'd be a little bit shorter based on whatever the fashion is. It'd be a little tighter, a little smaller, a little shorter. But you can't walk in there and say, listen, guys, I'm going to have my jersey custom made. It's going to look the same. It's just going to be a tank top. So I'm going to have a tank top jersey over my, my pads and uh, yo that's just, because that's not what the uniform dictates that's not that's not the uniform for that particular job so i think on the on the surface level now the part is and this is where we are as an as a society that where it becomes interesting when when you start talking about individualism mm -hmm. and being accepted for who we are and what we are now that's a whole different ball of wax it is. Is this rule the same for entrepreneurs? They're in it because, and, but and that, but that's the beauty of the business, fam. You you wanna you wanna go to you wanna um you wanna play football in a tank top jersey? Start your own football league. When you when you pay the bills, you you and who dictate it? It's whoever owns, whoever is the owner, the leader, the boss of that said job. All right, so now you own your own business, man. Y'all can play. You own your own football league. Y'all can play in tutus if you wanna. So, on the show, they brought up, they made this point, and I thought that this was so dope. Chad Ochocinco said this. You know, he was known for bucking the system. Chris mm -hmm. Johnson talked about it. He's like, I'm not changing that. that me taking my teeth out. And cutting my hair ain't going to make me better or worse in terms of my skill set, right? But I'm still going to play in this league. And what they said, the realization is, if you're not going to look the part, then you better be freaking amazing at what 100%. you do. 100%. Right? Because you got to overcome and compensate for the adversity and the challenges of you not looking the part. So you say for entrepreneurs, it's the same. The industry kind of dictates it. Or if you're going to show up as yourself, then you better be freaking awesome at what you do. Yes, that that is the truth. 
But doesn't that speak to the the character level of the people that are in charge? How so? Like, we're willing to accept high performance over what we stand for and what we believe in. Mm. You know, in in, mean, in, in, in Chad Oco, Ocho Cinco's case, you know, if I'm just going to say it, what it was, if I, and I say this saying, if I could have played in the NBA, I would have. But, you know, athletes are just high-priced slaves. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, you're only really accepted because of your talent. Your talent. So is that really, is that really what you want to stand on? That, and that, that would be my question. I would say, regardless of whether it was athletics or the music biz, you're only accepted because of your talent. The, the industry, the owners of whatever said league or profession only let you in because of your talent. So the Would same you- is true. I said to you, it, it doesn't matter whether it's sports is the professional, the industry or music business or whatever you want to call it, right? Your talent is what gets you accepted. It's what gets you in. And depending on how good you are at it, will determine what kind of exceptions to the rules you get to be and you get to break, right? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so I I guess with that, and this is just me personally, I don't necessarily, to me, they don't go hand in hand. Being able to call your own shots because of the quality of your work in my opinion, does not correlate with I'm going to stand because this is who I am. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. Here's where I guess I, I, I'm not sure that I, I understand and need clarity. When I think about the many examples out there, Diddy. Did mm-hmm. Diddy do it the way the others were doing it in the industry or did he do it his own way? The difference is he owns his own shit. Now, did he own it in the beginning? In the beginning? Well, that's why he got kicked off of Uptown. Because? He wasn't willing to do it their way. And right. that takes me back to my point of, to me, that's a leadership issue. When Chad Ochocinco is in a place where he can say... I'm good enough to do whatever it is I want in your organization and there's nothing you can do about it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but the numbers speak for itself, right? He's exceptionally good at his craft, which allows him... I get you. I, I I I get all of that. But my question was... What does that say about the organization and the character of the managers? So basically, we were, we were we're good with the winning all rules. Huh? We'll, we'll overlook our own rules when you're making us money. So yeah, so it's a win win at all cost type of mentality. And I'm gonna overlook this over here, but have this over here. And all I all I, I guess all I'm saying is like from a, and I'm thinking from the other side. So now I'm thinking of as a coach, as an owner as a businessman, if regardless of your talent, there's rules to follow. It is. It is. And, I, and I guess that's where, I guess that, that's the difference in this particular generation where there's like, um, perfect example. Like I told you, I'm liable to go to work with sweatpants tomorrow. Okay. No shit. And is, my is that acceptable at your school? And guess what? I'm probably get away with it because of the quality of my work. And, so, and my my manager allows it. But if he was to come to me today, okay, I take this back. My manager allows it, right? I've been caught in situations where we've had central office on campus. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm wearing sweatpants. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to get away with it over here with you. But when the, the, the man, the big man come on campus, now I feel some type of way because I am not reflecting myself in a manner that the organization says they that this is this is the standard 
but I'm yeah. able to slide through. You see what I'm saying? And that's where yeah. it gets a little bit sticky. And that's and, and the reason why I say that, that's coming from a perspective of a person that's a coach of black men. And what I try to teach them is that you do the right thing regardless. Period. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's the thing about when I say this conversation is going to come full circle. Look the part. Like there's a lot of racist connotation behind that shit. Where we have to look at dress, present ourselves in a certain way in order to be accepted. And this is where I knew the conversation was going to go, but it, it, it's just kind of like trying to get there without harping on the, mm-hmm. the sad reality. of mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I got three degrees from Auburn University, right? <laughs> my first year, maybe my second year, I was on a graduate assistance, assistantship. So um, one of my responsibilities was maintaining music equipment in this one classroom. So I go, I'm going in the classroom. I have a key to the room now and I'm just in my regular clothes. All right. I'm code switching like a mofo Monday to Friday. I'm buttoned up because I got to look the part Saturday. I got my baggy jeans on my hat on might be backwards. No, I may keep it on forward just to maintain a certain level of professionalism. See that bullshit. I go in the room and as I'm going in this room, this woman comes up behind me and is like, what are you doing in here? Are you supposed to be in here? I look back. I'm a 21, 20. I might've been, I graduated high school. No, I graduated college at 21 with my bachelor's. So I'm maybe 21, 22. I just looked at her. I said, yo, if you don't feel like I'm not supposed to be in here, take me out of here. And and then I said, my manager said, like, well, who gave you that key? I said, Dr. Kim. I said, the lady's name who gave me the key was my supervisor. But what bothered me about the situation is when that lady brought it to my supervisor, she didn't call it for what it was. You were profiling the hell out of me because I didn't, quote, unquote, look the part. All she did, it became a conversation to me about, and this is how she put it. She said, you know, just be mindful when you're wearing your cute clothes wow wow cute clothes so that that's the other side of this looking the part thing that to me is is it's a fine line because our talent i get it i get it you talented whatever whatever rules are going to be broken but that to me is a reflection of the organization but the other part about it is when society forces you into this box that you have to look a certain way and be a certain way in order to be accepted in order I, to get accepted. Yeah. yeah. There, you touched on a lot of dynamics and challenges that we face, especially as African-Americans. So one, you talked about looking the part, looking the part based on the judgment of they, whoever they is, who says this is what the box should look like. Yeah. So The point is evaluate the evaluators. Do you really care about who they is and what they say? The other piece to that is we understand that industries are a business and people are for profit and they're out to make money. So if my performance is high, they will make exceptions to the rule. And I know that. Oh yeah. My manager allows me to get away with wearing sweatpants, but the headquarters shows up and they don't play that bull. Why? Because they don't know me for my performance. So it touches on the point you only people only get away with what you let them get away with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you go ahead, keep that point. And I, all I'm going to say, because I'm going to forget it. There's a difference between being rebellious and tap dancing. Okay. Yeah. Looking the part. I don't want to be rebellious. So I'm going to look the part when I need to look the part, but tap dancing dressing, acting a certain way to please you or anybody else, that I'm not doing. But and there it, is a fine it, line. There's a fine line. There's a fine line between it. And I think as we mature, we learn more about what that line is. Honestly, I feel like it isn't until these last three years, maybe four years, that I've come into my own realization of what looking the part looks like versus me showing up authentically. Like you, 
in my job, it was a sales environment. It's a workforce that has a very casual environment, but because I was a leader and I was a manager, I would show up in slacks, a polo, a button up, even though everybody else might be in a t-shirt and some khaki shorts, I would never show up like that. Now I show up in jeans, a hoodie, a fitted cap, sometimes forward, sometimes backwards. I've been there a long time. And one of the things that you said was the people understand that I'm a high performer. Mm -hmm. And so they make those exceptions for me. But if I don't believe in my own performance, if I don't recognize the value in my high achievement, then none of that matters. They always will own me. They always will have control over me. And so I think that that's the piece that whether you're an entrepreneur or you work for somebody else, how you show up authentically is based on how you value your own performance first. You have to value your own performance. I know that I perform well in my tenure at, at, at the organization I work with. I know that now. If I wear a hoodie, I wear a hat, it's not because I'm being rebellious. It's because I know that I've worked hard and I've earned the right to do that because everybody who matters, the, the opinions of those who matter, know me for not only my performance, but at my core, they know me for my character. But I'm, I'm thinking where, why, and how is performance attached to authenticity? Like, how are those two? Why are those two things attached? Is my question. Well, performance and authenticity are attached because when you can't say what it is you can do, people believe your actions. As they say, actions speak louder than words. And so if I give my all to my craft. It is my passion. Like music is yours. And if you remember me back in the day, sports was my thing. Now it is leadership. When I give my all, my performance in that thing shows up. I put my own little spin on it. I can show up and not be Victor who got me the job in the job interview. I can show up as Vic because that's who people love. That's who I really am at my core is Vic. The people who know and love me know me as Vic. They don't know me as Victor. And my performance as a friend, as a leader, as an executor is attached to me showing up authentically. Okay. You have a different opinion. Yeah, I, I, I do. And I just, I just uh, for me, the... I can't escape the, my performance does not, is not a key or a pathway for me just to do what I want. I guess that's just the way I look at it or the way I think it. Like, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't think that performance is attached to Like for instance, I, I don't choose to wear slack, uh choose to wear sweatpants some days because I know I can get away with it. You see what I'm saying? I choose to wear slack sometimes because frankly I wake up with five minutes to go and I gotta get the hell out of the house. <laughs> or because I feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I, I do. Mm -hmm. So I just I just have a hard time and and I'm just thinking it from when you look at it from a perspective of our current society where people are just so me driven and that for me, I guess that's where it is. I look through everything of a prism of working with teens and, and young adults that everything is so ego driven. Everything is so individualistic that the idea of following rules or doing as a company says, regardless of your talents is actually counterculture. If that makes sense. I don't think it's just in, in dealing with kids. I think that that's, that's everywhere. I think every, everywhere selfishly me focused. I think that that's, that's the world. Yeah. That ain't just kids. That's the world. Yeah. Well, but I mean, well, so I, I guess that's where it, it's kind of like why I, 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 
it's it's and it's just interesting to think about. You know, I actually may wear a tie tomorrow to work. Um, it's inter- it's interesting to think about in terms of authenticity and I forget what I said before. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's an interesting conversation. It's it's an it's an it's it's kind of like um, last time we spoke when we talked about. Um, Knowing your worth, knowing your worth, right? Like if we ever truly tapped into teaching and telling people about knowing your worth, we would never encourage them to get a job with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? See, so you see where those, those slopes kind of like, you know, they're, they're, there's boundaries and there's lines. So for me, I guess my question to you, knowing that I have this thought of like, I don't know about my talent dictating how authentic I can be. What is your advice or what is your thoughts towards that? So, um, you know, when you talk about knowing your worth, knowing your value, know what you bring to the table, know what's different about you, that people who work with you, who interact with you, what would they get that they're not probably going to get with somebody else, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Only you know that. But the thing is, can you articulate that? Can you articulate that in an interview? Can you articulate that when talking with a potential client? Can you articulate it in a way that somebody else could go advocate on your behalf? Listen, working with Shane, here's what you're going to get that you're not going to get anywhere else. Working with Vic, here's what you're going to get that you're not going to get anywhere else. When you know that, and you know it that clear, and you can communicate it that clear, it makes it easier to show up authentically as yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're not trying to be somebody else. You're not trying to fit into somebody else's box, which means you're comfortable, confident, and okay with the fact that you are not for everybody. Mm. Here's an example. Here's an example, being yourself. Uh, Your son, great kid, does everything you need him to do. Take care of the business. In and outside of the house. Only problem is, he has a thing for taking a bumper coke or a crack or something. Let's say he just smokes the green and he he needs to smoke the green inside of a room in a house. Do you just overlook that because he does everything else perfectly? No. No. Why? But I'm because... being my authentic self, Dad. This yep. is who I, I like the green. I like smoking it inside because I like watching the smoke. I didn't say that I tell him he can't do it. And we okay. when we talk about this, this is a real, this is a real issue. This is a real conversation. <laughs> like you, you, you hit the nail on the head. So my son is moving back from college. And yeah. I'd like to believe that he may do that. And so we mm-hmm. had a conversation. I said, hypothetically, you're gonna move into our home. You've been on your own for the past five years. And so you got a certain lifestyle in the way you live. So do we. I'm not going to ask you to completely change what you do. I'm not going to ask you to stop everything that you do because we're not going to stop everything that we do, but we do have to make an adjustment now that we enter into shared spaces. Mm-hmm. So if you do smoke, your mom, it bothers her. If you normally smoke in your house, we're going to ask that you smoke outside. That's the adjustment. I'm not saying you have to stop and you do everything great. I love my son. Does everything great. But if he chooses to smoke, he got to go outside. He don't get to smoke in a room in the house. So wouldn't that that apply to a business or a company or something else, a profession? it, It does. For a lot of businesses, they say this person can go on as many smoke breaks as they want. Whereas this person brand new, just started, you take a bunch of smoke breaks and it's like, whoa, you just got here. You haven't earned the right to take that many smoke breaks. You need to be doing your work. The people who've been here for a longer time, tenure, who produce longer, more, get more passes and exceptions than the people who just started. But if you come in, if you come in as the rookie and you killing it, and you're telling me that the measuring stick is performance. If as the new person, my performance says that I should be starting, 
then God dang it, I'm starting. I'm starting. But that, that's positioning. That's not rules, bro. It is rules. The rules that they told me to the game was, example, sports. My sophomore year, I started on varsity. The rule mm-hmm. says that the senior, the junior, who were already there and earned their stripes should be starting. Is that a rule or expectation? Or like... I think it's an unwritten rule. Okay. And it is an expectation. But that also exists in every business, every industry. There's rules and there's expectations. The new business in the industry should not be outperforming the business that's been around for 50, 100 years. Okay, so getting the gist to what... And I'm trying to frame this. If I was a listener, I'm supposed to gather if you want to do whatever you want, just make sure your performance can back it up. Is that is that what is that what we're day, If you're going to talk trash, you better make sure that your hands is nice. <laughs> All right, we can agree to disagree on this one, fam. If you're going to call me a name, you better make sure that your hands is yeah. nice. We we can agree to disagree on this one. I, I mean, we that's an agree. interesting perspective. Like, well, you wanna you wanna you wanna do what you want. You gotta be that nice. You gotta be that sweet. And and I, I get it from a. I, I I think okay. Going back to the example with with your, with, with your son, or even in a business. All right. Well, you wanna do that. You can't work here. You can't live here. You can do that. I, and and for me, that's where it gets a little bit convoluted. I think regardless of um. For me, the line is when it becomes into shucking and and tap dancing. That's that's for me. Like, and again, that's a that's a whole whole nother podcast within itself. Um, but for me, if it's about the rules of the house, you you gotta do what you gotta do. Look, we'll we'll throw this debate to the audience. Audience, you tell us. I want you to write into the show, purpose addicts. Zero two at gmail.com or, or hit, hit us, us up, up on, on Facebook. Instagram we'll, we'll, we'll put or a Facebook. poll somewhere. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll put it up. You tell us your thoughts. Does porn, does performance matter? Does, should it matter in terms of who gets exceptions to the rules? That's the question. Does performance matter in terms of who gets exceptions to the rule? I say it does. Shane says it, it doesn't. It shouldn't. It should, <laughs> yeah. which suggests I mean, that said, you know it does. Well, it, yeah, of course it does. I mean, I said I, I talked in third person this week. I said, "Who's gonna do better than Calhoun?" I, I did it this this week, but again, it, it, and and again, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of what society tells us and shows us right now. Right now, it's a whole lot of whole lot of me, 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 and um, people aren't interested in in. Um, Following rules, quite frankly, you know, it, it, they're, I not. Think, huh? they're not, but they not. But the, there's a quote out there that says, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with others. And I think that this whole me, me, me culture is about going fast and getting a quick bag. But if you want to go far, meaning you want to create a legacy, you want to build something that is sustainable, you got to go with others, which is going to require that you adjust mm-hmm. it may call for some conformity it may call for you to blend your preference and your style with others or what the industry calls for mm-hmm. that don't mean that you get to totally be a rebel there are exceptions where people totally did it outside of the rules and they still excel but those are exceptions and too mm-hmm. many people focus on those exceptions thinking that they too can be an exception Mm -hmm. and they can't understand why it's not working for them the same way that they saw it work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's an exception. And there is a perspective, there is a piece of that where I totally agree with. Like, um, for instance, your first day on the job, you can't walk in in sweatpants and think it's sweet. You got to get in and, 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 and learn the culture learn what the culture allows and understand, um, you know, like for instance, when I first started working, um, Fridays were dress down day. So Friday was the days you can wear your jeans, you know, but that was 14 years ago. 
Um, and and you know, as I said, I may wear jeans now on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but that's that's kind of what the expectation laid out to me by the manager is. Right. Um, but if it was different, I'd be I'd be I'd conform. You know, it, it wouldn't be about man, I do this, I do this, I did. Nah, it would it wouldn't be that. So I I, I get what you're saying. I just think there's a fine line in it. Yeah. But I, I would gotta, love to hear from the audience. This would be a good opportunity to get the audience to chime. Yeah. My my summary to it is you got to figure out how to merge. It's yes. like it's like jumping in the trap. You got to figure out how to merge in. Whether you're an entrepreneur getting into an industry or you're a, a, a person who just started working for a company trying to work your way up. You got to figure out how to merge, man. Yeah. You know, but, but definitely yeah. don't shuck. Don't jive. Don't none shuck. Don't jive. <laughs> we don't do none of that, baby. None of that. So let's do this, man. Let's bring this, this train to a close. What you got going on lately, man? Promote what's happening in your world. Um... Breaker Nation, Breaker Nation, Breaker Nation app. If you are a musician, if you know a musician, a singer, songwriter, producer, encourage them to load their music up um, to the Breaker Nation app. I just recently had some conversations this week and um, I am now, I guess, the director or I'm overseeing educational partnerships for the app. So the goal of Felicia... And the whole Breaking Nation team is just to basically expand their app of um, it, it's supposed to be a one stop for the music industry. It's like the future where you can build your fan base. You can get feedback on your music. So my job in this role now is to um, see how we can use the app in an educational setting and build different partnerships with different colleges, different high schools. And that just went down this week. So um, I would really encourage anybody, if you have a song a beat that you want feedback on. You're trying to build a fan base. I think we have a roster now of about 15 interns mm. um, that that are, that are working and doing some good work. Um, I would strongly suggest strongly suggest that you upload your music to the Breaker Nation app. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Let's get people recognized, man. We'll drive a whole bunch of traffic. We'll put it uh, down in the show notes. Make sure people mm-hmm. can get access to that. So what about you. In a couple of weeks, we're going back to Orlando to speak again. Project Summit Business World for uh, Project Managers, Business Analysts Conference that we spoke at last year invited me back uh, to keynote. Um, They had an Orlando session come up and a last minute keynote slot opened up in the uh, uh, organizer, the event organizer, Amy. Shout out to Amy. Always love her. Always appreciate her looking out reached out to me and asked if I could fill a spot. So I'll be going there in a couple of weeks and we're going to be testing out a new topic under diversity. Uh, I'm going to be co-facilitating with uh, my moderator, Shauna. Um, We have a uh, workshop called the art of connecting cross-culturally. It's not black and white where we're going to be showing people, business professionals, how to connect the art of connecting genuinely understanding that there is a science to it and you can do it authentically and recognize the complexity within it. So that's what we got going on, man. It's going to be a good time in the midst of everything else we got going on with the house and with the family. Yeah. Yeah. So let's close out today's quote. As we have this conversation about what you have to look like to fit in, here's a fitting quote that you need at least in your arsenal as you're trying to merge. It says, God never gives you a dream that matches your budget. He's not checking your bank account. He's checking your faith. He's not checking your bank account. He's checking your faith. So understand as you're trying to merge and you're trying to figure this out, at the end of the day, you got to keep your faith and know exactly who you are and whose you are so that you can always show up authentically as yourself. At the end of the day, we always appreciate you. Thank you for rocking with us. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, share the show. Go to kbcntv.com to catch full episodes. We'll be putting out snippets of this episode along with many others all throughout social media. We appreciate you. Live life on purpose. Purpose Addicts, we out.
And I think a lot of times everybody's not going to understand your vision, your walk, your purpose, your desires, your dreams, your goals. And they don't have to because I'm going to tell you a secret. Everybody ready? It's yours. It don't belong to them. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't they teeth to brush. Ain't they armpits to put deodorant on. It's yours. This message is for anyone who is not answering the calling on their life. I want you to take note of something. That one thing, that one talent, that one gift you have, that idea that could give birth to a solution that possibly brings harmony to the world will never get the chance to breathe life if you continue to let fear kidnap you from your future. That's right, I said, if you continue to let fear kidnap you from your future. Too many times we settle for good things when we can have God things. And purpose is a God-given gift. Not everybody fulfills their purpose. Not everybody discovers it. Not everybody walks in it. But if you're willing to give up the good things to get to the God things, well, baby, I promise you purpose, that's for you. Failure is a part of success. I heard that somewhere. I didn't make that one. Failure is a part of success. Yeah. Yeah. I love say, You could try 10 times and you may not get it to your ninth, but what if that ninth try or that 10th try is the one that gets you that million? Instead of looking at what we have on the inside and utilizing our tools, we always look in other places and try to pull them there, pull from there, when most of the time it's right here inside. There are no problems. There's only solutions. Let's, let's just be in a habit of fixing things or finding a way out. My favorite quote that I learned is that fear does not stop death, it stops life. It stops us from living. And I need you. We all need you to live. Will you do it?